0: Everybody, everybody, everybody. Drop your buff slap your Drop your buff Welcome back to Drop Your Buffs. I'm Sean Ross.
1: I'm Evan Ross Katz.
0: And we are talking Survivor 44, episode 12. I'm the bandit. It is the penultimate episode of Survivor 44. Evan, you were away last week. You're back this week.
1: I was away. I was away. You know, I'm listening to Drop Your Buffs in California, and I'm like, I'm wondering what Sean's going to say, you know, about my absence. And I'm waiting for it, and I'm waiting for it. And it did not come. (laughs) And then my mother even texted me. And she goes, you know, Sean didn't even mention that his co-host was out. And I'm like, Mom, you're right. I'm going to bring that up with him. So here we are now. Sean, a lack of love. The
0: drama. The Drop Your Buffs (laughs) drama. Uh, I actually realized that I didn't say anything as soon as I uh, started editing the episode. And was like, oh, weird that I just like. Because because the approach I took was, hey, everybody who listens to Australian Survivor, look, Ricard's on the US recap. I forgot to explain why. Mm-hmm. But look, it's, mm-hmm. not, uh, it's un- not an unusual occurrence that you're not on the podcast, Evan.
1: No, but I mean, I just, I like a little mention, but I will say, uh, if anyone's gonna hold it down in my absence, it should be Ricard. And you two did a great job. I really, I've had this experience <laughs> several times Please. where I'm out and I'll be listening to Drop Your Buffs and I'll be like, you know, maybe they're better without me. Um, but, uh, but anyway, so thank you to Ricard for filling in uh, amidst my absence, but I'm very happy to be back in the chair.
0: Your mom's listening to every episode.
1: Yeah, no, my mom is like fully on board with Survivor, and I feel like... She started, I think, with 42. And I feel like th- because we've had, you know, pretty much half this season of more or less like organic gameplay, this has been a much easier starter season for someone like my mm. mom and I imagine for others in general.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. So how are you feeling moving into the finale next week that we've seen the vast majority of 44 now and we still have the yeah. Tika three intact and plus yeah. Pittsburgh Heidi is going to the finals. And Lauren's also there.
1: Yeah. Um, well, sorry. Can we like just back up for just one second? Because I do feel like there's like an order of business that we need to discuss before we get into forty four. Uh-huh. Is that okay yeah, with you? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So we got this announcement, and pardon me if you discussed this next week, last week, and, it, and I didn't. We didn't. Hear it, but
0: barely. We talked. We, we didn't. Okay. Today.
1: Great. So. We got the official announcement that beginning with season 45, uh, Survivor will be expanding from 60 to 90-minute episodes. Obviously, we've seen 90-minute episodes before on the show. I think we've even seen two-hour episodes, but this is going to change up the format in that we will have an entire season of 90-minute episodes. Um, So I guess let's start with Sean. What is your reaction to this news?
0: I I mixed on it, and... I say that because I have been complaining for a long time that they don't have enough time, given what they're doing, which is the root of the problem, and that is focusing so heavily on game mechanics that are constantly evolving, such as trips to Advantage Island, um, various trinkets, uh, beware idols that you have to do something to uh, actually activate, Uh, that takes up a lot of screen time where we don't get to see relationships form or relationships develop or understand the dynamics of the tribe. Uh, And so for that reason, I've been saying that maybe Survivor needs to be longer in the way that Australian Survivor is longer, some episodes. Um, Well, I mean, most episodes are longer, some are longer than others. And so that works for Australian Survivor. Uh, but then I think back to what I said was the root cause of the problem. And that makes me nervous because now they've got more time to work with. We've seen what they've done with work, working with you know 45 minutes or whatever an hour long episode uh, ends up being without commercials. And I don't think that they've prioritized the right things. So given more time, are they going to continue to introduce new game mechanics? Are they actually going to focus on the dynamics, the people, because that's what we want to see. If we get 90 minute episodes and we get to know these people in the way that we used to get to know them uh, in sort of like seasons one to 20 something ish uh, that we used to get to know them in an hour, um, then I'm okay with it. Uh, I will say that of the new era episodes, because they've tested out the 90 minute episode in the new era a couple of times and I think it's a work in progress. I think there's there was one, I think it was the Survivor 41 one I really enjoyed. I think the Survivor 42, and I think there was one in, there might have been, even been two in Survivor 43. Uh, I didn't feel like I got a whole lot more out of those episodes. So I'm like cautiously optimistic that it it could benefit Survivor in the long run. But I also worry it may make the seasons or episodes drag. Mm. How do you feel?
1: Well, I feel like it's very survivor-esque to solve something that was never the problem. That's sort of like what this change is for me. Um, But kind of like you, I I too am cautiously cautiously optimistic. You know, I think about the Real Housewives of New York right now um, because they are completely re the cast and they just put out the first trailer and everyone's very much like, this is not my Roni. And while I understand that sentiment, I'm kind of like, well, let's watch it and and see how it is, and then we can complain about it. But I'm kind of, this announcement alone is is not really that substantive. It's more a matter of, like, let's see what the 45 premiere is like. Actually, I would say more than anything, let's see what episode two of 45 is like, because that's when we're sort of settling into the format. But I think on a more macro level, and this is something I plan to write about uh, in my newsletter, is... We're seeing the very obvious ways in which, like reality television, actually, probably not just reality television, in which media is sort of chopping down production costs and then expanding the output. And so, this is a great example where. This 26 day production, as we've spoken about in the past on this podcast, is to save on the budget. But now, by expanding to 90 minutes, they get 30 minutes more of advertising dollars, you know, because they can put ads in two more ad blocks. Um, So basically, they are paying less to make the show and they're going to be making more. It's very greedy. Now, is the prize money going up? Is, you know, is the fees for those who uh, participate on this show and the pay for the production? production staff going up most of the production staff I should say probably not I think a lot about The Real Housewives uh Real Housewives of New York they were going to launch a legacy season of the show and because of contract negotiations that you know is not happening and instead they're doing an Ultimate Girls Trip well the thing about Ultimate Girls Trip is it tapes for 8 days but you get a whole season of television that's sort of uh shrunk down to an 8-day period why is that because it's a lot cheaper And I think that there are implications of this, this, we've talked about it with Survivor, the fact that, like, you're going to see less, you're going to have uh, more surface relationships because there's less time given, but also just in general, like, the amount of antics or just, like, camp life um, is still shrunk down in this current format of Survivor, and yet we're going to be given more time with it. I think I would be way more excited about 90 minute episodes if we were seeing 39 days of Survivor. But I just, on a macro level, like I said, I am concerned about this trend overall, because I do think it impacts the quality of these shows. And I feel like it's just the super, the people at the top of the chain that are going to benefit financially from it.
0: Yeah, I hear you 100%. So yeah, (laughs) Uh, you're coming with a business side of things. And that's a really interesting one because like, of course, it is going to cost them. It's going to cost them more in post-production because now they have to fashion 90-minute episodes. Although they kind of are already doing longer episodes. I mean, we know there's deleted scenes each week which are fully produced with background music, etc., etc. Are they just inserting those um are there still going to be deleted uh scenes from the episodes what kind of extra content will there be um if we're going with extra content why not ponderosa uh probably because it costs more to your point so uh, yeah I, i think we'll see how it shakes out it's really interesting i was listening to know it all's right before uh right before i jumped on this podcast recording and they noted that uh, this episode that we're discussing today, episode 12, is the last one-hour episode of Survivor for the foreseeable future, which is interesting. So at least it had something for Jamie's uh, notoriety.
1: Yeah, I mean, she'll she'll (laughs) always have that. (laughs) She'll always have that.
0: Okay, well, do you want to jump into the episode then? Because this whole episode was all about are they or are they not going to get rid of carolyn at this point they ultimately mm-hmm. they ultimately did not get rid of carolyn uh do you think that that was a mistake
1: yes I. Th- well for the game yes for the show yeah. no <laughs> of course <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i think it, it this is a thing that we, we uh, the quote the evan Cat's quote this is a thing we've talked about um but no yeah not only no one's targeting carolyn no well i guess sort of they're maybe targeting carolyn but no one's targeting carson no one's targeting jam jam it's just very interesting that we've continued to see this season in which the biggest targets are not even thought about obviously there's precedent here most famously tony and kagayan who was just never really (laughs) considered to be a threat despite his obvious threat level um but yeah i i not only am i surprised that uh the Car- well, I'm not surprised that Carolyn was in contention. I'm surprised that they didn't seize that opportunity to take her out, particularly because, I mean, there's a lot to talk about with Heidi that I'm sure we'll get to, but Heidi had a lot of power in this episode, and... Not only she could, she had two options, which was either to, well, no, three, use that power, which she didn't do, hold on to that power, which she didn't do, or waste that power, uh, which she did. So that was also disappointing because, you know, she's a Pittsburgher, so the expectations are high by way of, like, how she will perform in this game, and it's not very Pittsburgh-like to fumble the ball in that way.
0: Yeah, and I felt really disappointed for all of the Pittsburghers. Um the, did you say Pittsburghers? Yeah, Pittsburghians. Uh
1: yeah. No, Pittsburghers. <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah. I felt disappointed for all the Pittsburghers that Heidi played her idol at Tribal Council because she didn't need to and I believe she can still play the idol next round. Like I think it's final 5, it's she the last can. time. Yeah. And I wonder what she was picking up that she felt she needed to play the idol.
1: Right. And it's just especially disappointing to have two episodes in a row where the two players we were most excited about having idols blew them in back to back episodes.
0: Yeah, I mean, blow them. like we. So, Ricard and I talked about this last week. I don't think that Carolyn blew her idol. Obviously, on paper, she didn't need to play it for Carson. Carson did not have the majority of votes to go home. But I thought it was a good idol play. Like, I thought it made a lot of sense as an idol play.
1: Yeah, I, I guess that makes sense. It It made sense, but, like, factually, she did. I mean, you blow it if you use an idol that wasn't necessary to use. But I understand what you're saying where... It's a little different than, like, yeah, she just used it incorrectly, but her strategy behind using it was absolutely, that was, like, a founded strategy. Yeah. Um, and I still think it helps. I
0: think still think it helps the resume in a very similar way to if Carson did have the majority of votes.
1: It's especially a bummer because with both of these players who i think audiences are really rooting for that had idols that told no one about their idols i know carolyn told carson in the 11th hour but more or less they were two players who were making an unusual decision in the survivor world of telling no one to see them both blow their idols they not only lose the idol play but they use what i think is an extra sort of uh Uh, notch on the resume which is to say not only did I find an idol but I because you know people find idols a lot especially in modern survivor but that sort of finding the idol and not telling anyone especially in the case of Heidi that like that entire this secret she was keeping the entire time will not have any factor at all she can't even bring that to the final tribal should she get there? Because it's like, okay, well you kept a secret, but it did nothing for your game. Mm
0: -hmm. Whereas had
1: she played the idol successfully, she would not only get the successful idol play, but she would goop the rest of the cast, which creates a big moment on the show and also just something else to bring in your final tribal speech. So I was bummed to see Carolyn blow it, but I was especially bummed to see Heidi blow it because it was just so anticlimactic. But one thing that I'm seeing a lot online and I do think there's some legitimacy to this theory is that Heidi has another idol. Um, and the reason for that thought pattern is because we got this sort of extended scene of people looking for idols in this episode and it having no um, it having it factoring in in no way later on in the episode. So one would have to think because we've seen this deployed a couple of times in the modern, actually, no, even before the modern era um, of someone finding an idol, the audience not knowing about it. And then, then, and the producers using the strategy of we're going to goop the cast and the audience. And I feel like perhaps one of the ways to make Cause we always sort of say the top half of the finale is kind of always pretty lackluster cause it's sort of just getting that fifth person out the door. Mm-hmm. There's a world in which it's like, there's something exciting that could happen at the start of next week's episode. If Heidi, or really if anyone has an idol and plays it correctly.
0: Yeah, like when Jesse pulled out that idol that we all thought went home with Dwight, I believe it was. Totally. Uh, like That was a moment, and we could have a moment like that again. I really, really thought watching this episode, because the episode was so focused on Jam Jim betraying Carolyn, to the point where it was like, it went so far that I thought, oh, this actually is going to happen. They're actually like See, treating this yeah. with... Okay, wait a second. <laughs> I thought they're actually treating this with care, and they recognize that Carolyn is a star, and they want to tell the story of her going out, uh, unlike. You know, the way that they typically tell stories, like, for example, Jamie's leaving. Um, and so, so I thought, Oh, wow, this is, this is really going to happen. It was reminding me of when Ricard turned on Shan and we really got all of the strategy that went into that and the emotional aspect of like the personal relationship that went into that. And so I really thought by the time they went to tri- tribal, I thought, Oh, this is really going to happen. And I thought we are going to get a flashback where Carolyn pulls out the idol and Carolyn found the idol idol hunting. That's what I really thought was going to happen with that idol hunting scene. But since it came to nothing, I think there is some credence to the theory that somebody found it. Maybe Heidi. It would explain the sort of like rash idol play mm-hmm. at this tribal council, and it will be flashed back
1: to in the finale. So I can see. Yeah. That. What one thing that this makes me think of is if that is the case it's like you can only use this editing tool so many times yeah. because I kind of do like the idea of them showing an idol hunt for no consequential reason outside of, in the same vein of camp life, right? Like this is Mm -hmm. just something that happens. People look for idols. It's not always successful. So I wouldn't hate it if there was no idol found and this was just, you know, they were piecing together the reality of, of life on the Island. Um, But then it also makes me think about the repeated shots we keep getting of Carson with the fire in the the, in his glasses and in the lenses of his glasses, where it's like, if that does, it's like part of me wants that to pay off because I'm like, ooh, we all notice this thing. But the other part of me is like, yeah, but if we all notice this thing and it ends up being exactly what we think, which is that he goes to fire making and I think perhaps loses fire making. That's great, but you can only really use that editing trick one time. Otherwise, when we start to see these motifs moving forward, it's sort of like we all know what they're leading toward. So I go... Part of me wants Heidi to pull out this Idol next episode. The other part of me is like, I like I like Survivor artfully doing a mislead because I don't feel like they artfully do it very often.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. And I will say that... the. Th- you know, Rickard and I talked about this as well last week about the Carson and the fire imagery around Carson, and whether that means he's going out at fire or maybe will be successful at fire. Who knows? And. The only thing that gives me pause about that theory is that that theory is brought up every single season about somebody. It's like, oh, we see this person at fire a lot. Anytime we see someone sparking fire, it's like, is that foreshadowing to that they're going to be in the fire challenge and they're going to do well or they're not going to do well? And I feel like it's never come to anything. However, having said that, the Carson one is so heavy handed and so many people have picked up on it that that would be very Survivor that, of course, it's going to lead to that because Survivor is not exactly subtle. Um, And so we'll see about
1: that. But, yeah. The one thing that I miss is I was saying this to Billy last night. Do you remember, like, when we were younger? And this isn't just with Survivor. This was, like, around television in general, when you would get, I mean, they did it with Buffy all the time, where it'd be like, you cannot miss next week's Buffy. Everything you thought you knew is about to turn on its head. And it's like, I want Survivor, rather than doing their standard next week on Survivor, I want there to be like the penultimate episode you cannot miss. And like, (laughs) even if Heidi doesn't have an idol and we don't even get this idol play, it's like, make us think that it's going to happen. I sort of just miss those like, epic trailers for the next episode to me. And it's also, it's the penultimate, so you really can play it up. Which is like, you think you know Survivor, everything you thought you knew is going to be turned on its head. And it, hello, I feel like,
0: like, Evan, I feel like if that's what the previews were, you would be shitting all over them. Totally.
1: Totally. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I want it until I have it, and when I have it, I want to discard it.
0: (laughs) But that's what the Australian Survivor previews do. Every week, it's, the The biggest move this game has ever seen.
1: right. Yeah, yeah. well, so what I rather what I'm saying then is if we end up getting a big move around this idol, I would love it to sort of be preempted in the preview. Yeah, yeah. Um, or just in general, I think I just yeah. so I think I think that I would like to see it deployed, but to your point, not every week, but I do think that there are like big moments that do happen on the show that they can capitalize on more. Even in this episode, uh, the preview for this episode could have been centering around, is this the moment Carolyn goes home? Yeah. Like, that's a huge narrative question and I think would get people really excited and it's not giving anything away to just like pose the question, um, is this Car- is Carolyn's time up?
0: We got to get in contact with the marketing team at CVS. We got to. We just got to. <laughs> I don't know my experience with the... Um... <laughs> Never mind. Uh, okay, so we do get uh, a reward challenge, and it's an old school reward challenge. This is, of course, the classic Survivor Samoa challenge, where Russell Swan is medically evacuated. He was one of the blindfolded who were who was pushing the ball, right? And then during yeah. the table maze, he collapses into the table.
1: Uh, now, in that challenge, um, was it that was much earlier in the season? I remember this challenge being done with so a lot more people. I Okay, yeah. I believe. Yeah. There are a lot of options for the screenshot this episode, but one that comes to mind is Carolyn with just her arms um hoisted out in the air <laughs> the trying to, actually to find had. the ball. Yeah. But also it's like, why didn't they like Jamie should have stopped immediately and been like, let's wait a second for or like gone back and grabbed Carolyn? It was like ah that she was like just moving forward without Carolyn. It's like you're gonna need her for the table mate. It's like well, you can't I really
0: think Heidi was just look she's from Pittsburgh she's got places to be she's a busy no, woman totally. she was like let's keep this ball rolling like for survival of the fittest you fall behind yeah. good luck no no that's right. the Pittsburgh way of life
1: yeah forward forward <laughs> forward rolling forward Um. yeah no I thought it was a fun challenge overall I think it was just one of those ones where like the inevitability of how far Jam Jam's team was happened for me as the viewer very quickly <laughs> like they were yeah Really making their way through the maze, and that is the kind of maze. Correct me if I'm wrong. I was trying to examine that board. Is there a way in which you can fall out and have to go back to the beginning on that maze? Because I well, wasn't seeing. Well, there is how- that
0: little trap door in there, and I've never okay. known what those do because it. Okay. It seems to function the exact same as, uh, you know, any piece of the maze where you have a wall mm-hmm. with an opening. Um, and so maybe that trap door, like maybe it only opens one way. And so you could fall backwards or something. I don't know how those right. work.
1: I think I need, I needed that to be explained somehow because I, I felt like they had such a big lead. And then once they were on that table, it was sort of like, there weren't many variables that were going to yeah. push them back to starting over. Um but then we get this reward challenge, which is funny because it's like, you're going back to the, what's it called? The sanctuary, the sanctuary, which is really becoming a character on Survivor. I mean, we even uh-huh. got ancillary cast members in the sanctuary this week, which by the way, if I were them, it's like you have three people, These I'm, t- I'm referring to the masseuses, um, with whom you can talk to. You haven't spoken to anyone, but the same people for what, 20 days? Um, I would really like capitalize on that. I'd be like, this is the gameplay right now. Here are all the characters. Mm. What do you think?
0: I would love to hear the foot masseuse. Is that? I think they're foot masseuses. Foot, foot masseuse. Foot massager. Foot, yeah. I would love to hear their take on the game.
1: I think they're just standard masseuses who are in that moment working on the foot. On the feet. Yeah. Unless they, they specialize. specialize I don't know a lot about this. Well, I don't know. I mean, I know a lot about getting one.
0: <laughs> I've never had Not one. Not a lot
1: about it. I just... I know yeah, a little I'll, bit about it and then I get them.
0: <laughs> it's not that kind of a guess.
1: <laughs> um, can we can we back up here to, to what the reward was this episode? And I'm sorry to ask, Tron, did you happen to write it down?
0: I did. I absolutely did. Okay. God, this, so, is,
1: this is why we're great co-hosts. You I, had an I, afternoon I, at the sanctuary
0: with a foot massage, sandwiches, chocolate, cookies, fruit juice, and
1: iced tea. Okay, so the specificity is worth noting here, right? Absolutely. That's why I wrote it down. (laughs) Can one of our early episodes postseason, be an analysis of the reward challenge foods through the years? (laughs) Sure. I would just really be fascinated by doing that. The idea that you have two beverages in itself is interesting and that one of them is like fruit juice, which it's like, that's so random. And then Mm -hmm. also sandwiches, like you gotta be more specific here because there's a huge difference between like a BLT uh, uh, and, and like, you know, a turkey sandwich, uh, a roast beef sandwich. I mean, are we talking like a, a meatball sub on bread? Like uh, there's just so many categories. So when you say sandwich, I, I I would follow up immediately with like, well, what's on said sandwich,
0: Jeff? A hundred percent. And I don't know if we got a shot of, the, maybe we did get a shot
1: of the We sandwiches. did, we did. And so what were they? Yeah, I'm not sure what's well, hard to discern, but we got Jam Jam eating the sandwich because it was his first reward. And he right. let us know that. Um, they were square cut. I remember that. Uh, they and were like, not triangular.
0: Chocolate. What kind of chocolate? Cookies. Let's what kind specific. of cookies? Do we yes. have chocolate with chocolate chip cookies? Are we getting like right. a peanut butter cookie? Right. Girl Scout cookies? Oatmeal cookie. Mm. I don't think they sell Girl Scout cookies in Fiji.
1: No, but, like, that could be a good integration from, like, the ad sales standpoint, Oh, you know? totally. It's, like, in se- so you have the three masseuses, and then you also have a trio of Girl Scouts who emerge from the bushes, and they give a little, like, 30 seconds about, like, why you should support the Girl Scouts. However, if memory <laughs> serves, as is uh, so true of so many things that we love, I feel like Girl Scouts, not the Girl Scouts, but Girl Scouts as an organization, I think are problematic.
0: Hmm. Probably some Girl Scouts are too. Yeah, I'm um, no doubt.
1: <laughs> no doubt. Um, but it was nice to see this scene. At the end of the day, there isn't really much strategizing to be done at this point. The lines in the sand are pretty clear. Sure, there was a conversation to be had, but it wasn't as though oh, we finally, ha- you know, in, in past reward challenges, it's like, oh, we finally have FaceTime with this person who we haven't really had the opportunity to talk to. That really wasn't the case here. And because the Tika three seemed to be pretty strong and explicitly known as a three in the game, it, and you have two of them on the reward, it's, there, there wasn't a whole time. Ton- I mean, the big question was whether or not to mention Carolyn, but if I'm, it's, was Lauren the third one on the reward? Yeah. Yeah. If I'm Lauren, I'm taking everything that the two of them are saying with a grain of salt yes. because we're oh. on a reward together. They're going to tell me whatever I want to hear.
0: So that's not what I was going to say. Mm. I If I were Lauren, I would be taking everything Carson and Jam Jam are saying and bringing it back to Carolyn to... Cause any cracks I can within the Tika 3. Granted, Carolyn may very well say, I trust these people beyond, you know, even this game. Like, I i, I trust these people with my life. I understand that they're going to say something at a reward. But Carolyn is also, as she talked about in this episode, an emotional player and a strategic player, but she is an emotional player. And if Lauren recognizes that, which I think she does, she should be exploiting that. And bringing any information. Yeah, you know, she's seen a blow up happen between the Tika three before where she wasn't let in on something. If they're even entertaining the idea of getting rid of her, I think Lauren needs to take that back. Not, not hope that they actually follow through with that, but take it back to Carolyn and cause a rift because that could totally yeah. change the dynamics of the vote in this episode.
1: I think this remains like one of the biggest editing question marks this season It's like, how much are these Tika three a three? Because we've gone through weeks, you know, up until this week, we were, I remember I was on the podcast weeks ago saying, I don't think Jam Jam and Carson are that close. I think it's really Carolyn, that's the fulcrum. But then you have Carson this episode telling Jam Jam, it's you and me to the end. And I'm sort of like, well, where did that come from? And also it's like are Lauren and, uh, Lauren, Heidi, and Jamie are they aw- Are they seeing them as this threesome? But then something that was brought up on Know It Alls was this idea that Jam Jam and Heidi are a lot closer than the edit is making it appear, which is really interesting to consider. I guess it's like I would love a clearer sense of like is this final three very much a final three? And then you have like Carolyn this episode being like I'm gonna have to cut Carson. Um, but not yet, but like you only have like, so there's an awareness around that Carson can't go to the end, but it's like, you only have one other opportunity and you're going to waste it on like, you Carolyn are going to waste it on like getting out Jamie, who I would say has the smallest chance of winning this game. That was sort of an unusual move to me.
0: Yes. um, Yeah. Well, we can walk through that a little bit because I feel like, Yes, Jamie may have a small chance of winning the game. I think she's got a better chance than Lauren. And they they have to be considering that virtually all of Ratu is on the jury, right? So they do Wait. have people they've been with since the beginning on the mm-hmm. jury. Um, outside of Maddie. All of Ratu is on the jury.
1: And Lauren Lauren's a single mother, right? Yeah. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> <A fan. laughs> <laughs> have have you seen that Kiki Palmer clip? <laughs> what? Have you seen it? The, have you seen the Kiki cop that Kiki Palmer clip going around? No. Okay, I'm gonna play it real quick. It's one second. This is extremely Lauren coded. I'm a mother. <laughs> oh, I have seen that.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, she is a mother and she's about there to be her story at the final three but yeah so i i do think there's like there is i, I could understand i can get into the players heads as to why it would make sense for jamie to go as a pair lauren and jamie have been together since the beginning they're both raw the jury is stacked with raw twos you know are they the strongest players no but you never know what personal relationships they developed in the early days of the game you know never going to Tribal Council beyond that very first one where they got rid of Maddie. There's probably some camaraderie there. And so that might be why there is um, uh, some hope for them in a final three. Uh, Yeah, And then I think that, I think the biggest threat right now is Jam Jam. And they've been talking about getting rid of jam jam and they've been talking about jam jam as a threat for a while and he got a couple votes in the early merge but nobody's really making the move on him and what's the most interesting to me about this whole tika 3 thing is that as you said they all recognize that each other are threats and they're not making the move and there has to be a reason why because like you said there's only one chance left to make a move besides like throwing two of them into f- the fire making challenge um although you can't you know or you can only throw one of them into the fire making challenge um so it, it is a bit confusing and i have to think that there are some deals we don't know about and to mm-hmm. the point about carson and jam jam being so close uh, actually after we talked about that on the podcast somebody sent a dm and i don't have it available so i don't remember who it was but they did make a good point they said no i've always seen jam jam and carson as being close because every single episode before the vote there's a scene where jam jam and carson discuss together just together uh what the vote is going to be and then sort of like that ends up being the vote and so they're clearly a strategic alliance I'm not seeing, like, the personal relationship between them. I don't know, like, how they're vibing together um, or if they are. And I think that's what I'm missing, where I really see that Carolyn and Jam Jam, like, I see them as a couple of, like, friends, sometimes frenemies. I see Carolyn and Carson, the mother-son relationship uh, that that they talk about. Um, I see that, and so then I'm more inclined to think, oh, well, they both obviously love carolyn and therefore like are closest with carolyn but as carson articulated in this episode he's actually closer in the game strategically to jam jam which Mm -hmm. is interesting because i don't know how i I think it's a toss-up between the two of them at the final three
1: before i respond to that can i just say because you brought up the voice memo can we like bring voice memos back to drop your buffs?
0: easy for you to say evan
1: (laughs) yeah i know Um, as soon as it came out of my mouth i was like uh sure evan (laughs) yeah uh, yeah so
0: like like we can bring voice memos back to drop your buffs there's two issues one we started getting like way too many in the early days i played every single one and i loved that i love hearing them
1: like Mm
0: -hmm. i love it it makes me feel like we actually have an interactive podcast um it's a lot of work to go through them. Uh, the okay, fair. And I'm not saying like we were overwhelmed with voicemails, but like, you know, like to, yeah, to play definitely. and discuss one voicemail is like three minutes of the podcast out of an hour long podcast. It's, it's it's like time, right? And so that, and that brings me to the other issue, which is that we've sort of like changed the schedule of when we record and we're, we're on a tight timeline now. So to build them into okay. the episodes is difficult. But hey, if somebody has something really great, I'll, I'll give you some tips. If you want to send a voicemail, I love to get a voicemail. Um, Bathub, we- Mary, I'm talking to you. If if you want to send a voicemail, send not just an observation or a general thought, but a question for us that we can like really chew on um, that we might not discuss. So not like, why do you think jamie was the vote this week we'll discuss that in the episode if we've done our job right which maybe sometimes we don't um but uh you know if if you have a like think of something good i'm, I'm just saying get make it good um I'm
1: i think sure. a good example of a question <laughs> to ask us is like the who would play so and so in a movie
0: well that's great yeah something like that's can like give really us something that's like and create yeah or we around.
1: can jump off Okay. So then I wanted to go back to the conversation (laughs) um, that we were having to say, here's a question that I'm sort of struggling with at the moment. So I just, I too listened to uh, Know It Alls this morning. And Rob said, quote, Jam Jam's resume is so strong, end quote. And I guess it's like, I'm just not really seeing that. I understand the obvious thing. He says someone's going to go home and they go home. I'm clear on that. But like, Lauren has two individual challenge wins and no one's saying her resume is so strong. I feel like all of Jam Jam's so-called moves are made in collaboration with other people. And sure, you can argue that maybe he spearheaded those moves. I don't even think you can really argue that. They feel very much in collaboration with Carson and sometimes Carolyn. But just, I'm hearing a lot of fodder about Jam Jam winning this season. And and I'm not to say that would be a disappointing outcome, but it just feels like people are giving him a lot more credit for a gameplay that I'm not entirely seeing. Mm.
0: I mean, I think that if we look at his resume, I think he's, I don't have his voting stats in front of me, but you know, like he, as part of the Tika 3, they really took. They're, like, not minority, but they, they they took going into the merge with three and turned that into running the game. All three mm-hmm. of them have that on their resume, so they're equal there. Um, Jam Jam has voted correctly, I think, more than Carolyn, um, equal to Carson, I would assume. I may have these stats wrong, but this is what I'm going on. And I think what people are giving Jam Jam is that there is a sense sort of reading between the lines because the show is not doing a great job of telling us this that jam jam is a huge social threat in that people really really like him um that's what people are reading into the edit but but we're not really here like we've heard a couple of times like jam jam's likable but we haven't heard that like jam jam's so likable that i don't even want to vote him off um or Jam Jam's so likable. We can't have him at the end. Um, like that's not front and center on the show. It may have been said, but it's not front and center. Um, I would say like that helps his resume in a way that I don't think Carson has because Carson's sort of like, if you, the audience has a very different perception of Carson, I think than the other players.
1: Um, uh, Instagram
0: has a very different perception. And of Instagram Carson. has a different perception than both the players and the audience. Well, there's some crossover there. Um, <laughs> but I just think that Carson is playing a very strong game, but maybe not the strongest social game. I mean, he may end up winning and like, hurt me wrong, but I feel like people are seeing him in the game as just a bit of a dweeb. And I don't mean that in like a, a negative way. I'm a dweeb. Um, but like, it, it's not the strongest personality mm-hmm. to move forward. And I think it makes it a little harder to win, right? Like, is he is sort of like a Stephen Fishback, right? Or I'm trying to think of other examples of like what he's like, just a little like he's playing the nerdy card. He's a little bit socially like pulled back where he's aligned himself with two really big, big, like potentially all time survivor characters. And I think that that it's, it's more difficult to get people to vote for you over them. If you're,
1: next to one of them in the final three okay a couple of responses i don't think sure. of you as a dweeb and i'm not saying dweeb is good or bad but i would not qualify you as a dweeb two i'm going to <laughs> refute and i'm sure people are going to disagree with me i would not even put into consideration jam jam for an all-time great survivor player i'm sorry like that's ridiculous character uh, to me I character I, yeah okay. same thing. Yeah, i okay. like all-time great um, okay. That's, but Carolyn, yes, I will put Carolyn in that category. Jam Jam. I, Jam Jam is fantastic. Definitely one of the greats of the new era. All-time greats in a world with Kathy Fabric O'Brien. I don't know. <laughs> um, also, sorry, actually, can I tangent really fast? Let's just do this real quick and then get back on. Right now, we have one episode to go. Are you putting, and this is, I'm following in the heels of Know-It-All's a bit. Are you putting Survivor 45 in the top 10, top Survivor 20. Survivor 44. It's 44. <laughs> Survivor 44, top 10, top 20, top 30. I mean, I know it's not top 40.
0: Well, this reminds me, we need to revisit our season yeah, rankings yeah, yeah. on Patreon. We do. Yes. Um, because I was thinking about where this is going to go. Sorry, top top 10? What, what was 10, 20, colors? 30. Top 10, middle 20, bottom 20.
1: Well, just top 10, top 20, or top 30. Oh, <laughs> so we're not counting ev- everything. Well, there's no, there's just no world in which Survivor 44 is in the bottom 25% of Survivor. Okay, season. I
0: see, I see, I see, I see, I <laughs> see. Math is not my strong suit. It's not in the top 10. Um, okay.
1: Yeah, I think the conversation is top 20 or top 30. Top and 30. I think it's
0: top 30 for me.
1: I think top 30 as well. I do think that like, we'll obviously revisit post finale. Cause if something big happens in the finale, there's, it's definitely teetering in that high, like middle, like 20, like low twenties, yeah. potentially moving into the teens. We shall see. Um, and it's literally um, okay. like, that
0: is no knock against survivor 44. I'm really enjoying it, but yeah, you can't, I mean, top 20 seasons, one to 20, like, sorry, <laughs>
1: period, period. Um, With the occasional, you know, we get uh, San Juan del Sur, (laughs) a few others that we'll insert in there. Um, Okay, so getting back to it. Yes, I I think um, at this point, what I'm eager to see moving forward is an understanding. Well, one, I need to understand Heidi's vote here um, because there's just a lot. I mean, A, the clarity around why the idol play, but in addition to that, it's sort of like, in her mind, as we heard it, um she wants to attach herself to this Tika 3 um i think those of us watching are sort of perplexed to think she's now lost a potential ally in Jamie although they really weren't working together so it, it's not like you know but still it's like in theory if it, if she is affixing herself to a trio it would you would believe that she would be at the bottom <laughs> of that four and that she would be aware of it in the fact that she is attaching herself to a pre-existing trio who have been together from the beginning. Mm -hmm. So I would love to just understand Heidi's mindset here because if anything, you would think, attach yourself to the trio for this vote, hold on to your idol, and then you play it next. But that's all the more reason why I'm like, okay, mother has to have an idol.
0: Right. And can you clarify for me that Heidi did Heidi voted for Jamie, yeah?
1: Yes, because it's my understanding that
0: Jamie, Jamie and Lauren, and Lauren
1: were Caroline. the two votes for Carolyn. Yeah, okay. I, I'm not a hundred percent on that.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I'm sorry, um, my life. So, so <laughs> the, to me, this makes sense. Like, I can see why Heidi is attaching herself to the Tika three because if I'm Heidi, I think there is no way these three go to the finals together. They need somebody else. And if they see me as the per, like I I think that they've had a lot of conversations about who's the threat. They've had some of those conversations with Heidi. She has never really come up. I don't think she's really been brought up as a big threat. Like maybe that one, uh, you know, when she voted for Danny or after she voted for Danny, um, but she's pretty much been under the radar in, in a not-so-under-the-radar way, at least for the audience. And so, like, it does feel like she's well-positioned to be, like, uh, not pulled along as necessarily a goat, but that, like, somebody would want to sit next to her at the final tribal. And if you have three people who all kind of have the same story uh, in terms of the way that they played the game all three of them can't be on the same page about sitting next to each other at the final tribal council. And so if I'm Heidi, I'm just wanting to be that, that fourth that gets swapped is as one of the three.
1: I will say though, like narratively, one of the great things about this season is the three strongest characters, uh, which are Carolyn Carson and Jam Jam. It's like, they're all were together from the outset. Like we got to see those three characters. I mean, I know we lost Carson for a bit during the swap, but it's like the three stars of this season are not only have been in it together from the get-go, but they're getting the most screen time and they're working together. Um, I just feel like that's so unusual. Like, Cause it's like, you think about some of the great I mean, the only other example I think of in terms of like shared iconography would be that final three in Micronesia where it's like all three of them are canon. But like a lot of these other, when you get these sort of alliances, it tends to be a couple of bigger players and then people that they're carrying with them for votes. You seldom get like, I mean, I, I in this moment, who's coming to mind for me is like Chelsea um, in One World where it's like Chelsea was not, she's not survivor canon for a reason. Um, and I do think that like the three of these players, what? I disagree. You Chelsea? Yeah, I like Chelsea. <laughs> okay, so this week's comment, in addition to the we'll choose the emoji. Can you either comment Chelsea Canon, Chelsea non-cannon? <laughs> and let's just get some data on this. I'm I, I'd love to be proven wrong. You know I like Chelsea. Um, but Chelsea Canon question mark. Um, okay, so comment Chelsea Canon, Chelsea non-cannon. Um But one of the great things with these three is like, whether or not these three are important players in the modern era of Survivor without question. We can go back and forth about, you know, the degree of iconography, but these are three big players. They seem to be working together on a tribe from the beginning. It's kind of great. And it's like one of the things that I think is is a great thing about Survivor 41, but ultimately maybe not, is that like, we lost Shan when we did, which creates this really big goopy moment, but you can't help but wonder when a big player like that goes out that early, you're kind of like, okay, but were we robbed of like that continuous iconography? And one great thing about this season that will not be able to be argued is that like our three big characters from this season were there the entire time. And while I love to see like the big moves, like, you know, for instance, I know we don't love him, but you think about Russell Hans's exit in um, uh, Redemption, Redemption Island, Island. Yeah. and how different that season might have been had Russell hung around. Not to say I like wanted more of Russell, yeah. but it's like you get a big player like that out in episode two or three and then it's kind of like, okay, now what?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I do think that this season did lose a little something because they had an all-time, all-time, I mean, all, they had an all-time potential icon with maddie and she went home first
1: oh, I, <laughs> honestly, <yes.
0: laughs> so i think that that's a bummer but like hey we 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 still got the tika three and i i just think it's so important i said this last week i just think it's so important to this season now that we know they are going to the finale that you have this story like there is really something to alliances sticking together and having that story play out now no matter how it turns out there will be one of them in the final three there is a story to tell i hope there's more than one of them in the final three i hope all three are the final three because it would literally be incredible but i think at least two will be there that's my guess Uh, but we know that guaranteed one of them will be there and yes. so uh, that's so important because it means that this story has a beginning, middle, and end. Uh, the season has a beginning, middle, and end. It will always be remembered as the Tika 3 season. And I just think that, that it's that's what makes for a great Survivor season Is is the relationships you, yeah. built, alliances stuck to, loyalty, which we have gotten so far away from in the modern era of the game. And that's why so many of these newer seasons and i say newer sort of like post game changers are like a little forgettable for me yeah and and you have those like rare exceptions where it's like uh the the dom and wendell situation which is like it's not my favorite season but it's like that you remember that oh that that right that ghost island
1: was about dom
0: and wendell's relationship well, on journey to the you planet. remember
1: that but okay fair but <laughs> this also makes me think about borneo in yeah. that i mean obviously losing colleen at the end there was like a big loss, but more or less the most interesting players in Borneo made it to the very end. It's just the most satisfying conclusion for viewers. Um, So that's why in a sense, it's like, it's fun watching an episode like this when you're like, okay, is Carolyn, is the fan favorite going to go home? And as you even said, there was a period in which it seemed quite likely. um, And then how wonderful that we are guaranteed now all of our girls into the finale. It's- just really satisfying as a viewer. I don't want to lose Carolyn. I want to be able to watch as much of Carolyn as possible.
0: Yeah. And I really, really loved what they did with this episode. I really liked how they did this with um, the, will they want, they vote Carolyn out because you may have felt that she was never going to go home. I thought there was a big question mark around it. And I thought that I have been, Missing out on, like, really quality content from Jam Jam, I think they've been using Jam Jam for a lot of one-liners. And I thought that this sort of, like, post-immunity strategy sequence was really interesting to me because um, he's talking both to other players, including Carson, who apparently is his number one ally in the game, and he's talking in confessionals, about this decision he's having to make. And and whether he was never going to make it in the first place or not, he's going to have to think about this at some point. And I found it, I found it really compelling to hear him talk about uh, the idea of voting Carolyn out.
1: Totally. I just was surprised that no one ever banded together and was like, wow, Jam Jam is really trying to run this vote. Why don't we blindside Jam Jam and take him out? Like, to your point, it's like, if you're Lauren on the reward you go back yeah you tattle to carolyn you corral jamie and heidi and put four votes on jam jam yeah
0: i feel like what this episode gave us was two potential winner edits two potential justifications of winner edits and those were carolyn and jam jam so the, the whole pre-reward uh sequence was about how everybody suddenly is waking up to the idea that Carolyn is actually a game player and is a threat. And that's important to note because up until now, I think the perception has been she's just wackadoo and she could be a goat at the final three. Um, Now they're waking up to to what we are seeing, which is that, yes, she is wackadoo, but she is not a goat. And then you got in the second half of the episode jam jam sort of like internal struggle you can see him like trying to figure out the game and the best way forward and I saw him for th- really the first time this season as a potential winner mm-hmm. because I've, yeah, I've I mean, really I, thought I've really thought it's like Carolyn or Carson and uh-huh. Car- Carson after this episode has sort of like fallen out for me because if they're just still that not like- seeing Carson as a threat by this point then we're seeing something that they're not seeing and that's a problem because if they're not seeing it they're not going to vote for it, surely. I mean, unless you look at Gabler, but...
1: I do think there's an irony in, like, Carolyn emerging as a game player the episode after she plays her idol incorrectly. It's like, if anything, under normal circumstances, that would sort of, like, omit her being seen as a threat. But I appreciate the fact that, like, hey, listen, I'm all for people taking Carolyn seriously. So I guess what I want to ask you now is looking ahead... There's lots of theorizing going on around who goes to fire um, and who makes that decision. I guess so that we could take two routes of this. Who do you want? Or who do you think? Which, 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 which road would you rather us go on?
0: Who do I'm like, uh, it's just a prediction, right? So who do I think? No. Who do I want? Well, because not, who do I think is like, things. I think inconsequential.
1: Okay. Who do you want?
0: Uh, who do I want to go to fire? Well, nobody. I would like there for to, to be a vote. <laughs> um, or Jeff. <laughs> now let's say <laughs> let's say that's not gonna happen. Uh, who do I want to go to fire? Uh, so somebody's already gone. So we're we're also predicting who's going home at the final five. Who do I want to go home at the final five? Lauren. Okay. No. I want Lauren to stay. I want Heidi to go with the final five. I apologize to all the Pittsburghians listening. Pittsburghers. (laughs) Double cheese Pittsburgh. -er.
1: And we don't need your apology. We move on and we keep on, keep on thriving. That's
0: true. Hey, she gets left behind. but The ball keeps rolling. That's the way Mm -hmm. it goes in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. So I think Heidi goes at five. I want Heidi to go at five. Mm hmm. And then in Fire, I want Carolyn and Lauren to go to Fire, and I want Carolyn to win. I want Lauren to go home at that point, because there is nothing worse than losing somebody you want or you like at Fire. And so it's not that I don't like Lauren. I just don't know anything about her. So I want her to go home at Fire, and I want the Tika final three to battle it out, and winner takes it all, and each one of them is deserving hmm that's what i so want. you kind of want i
1: don't think a caddy heron a caddy heron mean girls finale tika three in the final and whoever wins it decides to split it amongst the three of them
0: no i didn't say that i said winner takes it all oh sorry <laughs> which is the opposite so the opposite of, of what you just said
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay, it is interesting to, to happen I'm not sure. I mean, I feel like the consensus I'm seeing online is that people overwhelmingly, or or more think that Jam Jam has the win than Carolyn. And as a natural contrarian, I'm sort of like wanting Carolyn for that reason. And then also just like, I think it would be exciting. I mean, I think that this would be the first win of its kind. If we're xing out out um, all winners, because I just don't think that really factors into the conversation. I think this would be the biggest win since tony in having such a main character from the season Mm -hmm. push through do you i mean i know you could argue the dom and wendell thing but i i just don't think that, that neither of them are as big of characters the last big big character to take it all the way home i think is tony do you feel differently
0: um i'm just running through i mean like do we have to like them no because Mike Holloway in season 30 was the main character of that yeah, show Yeah, you're
1: right. and you're right. sort
0: of fulfilled a similar role in the show that a does. Yeah, no, you're does.
1: right. Um I guess it's just like in terms of it's just a very forgotten season but you are like yeah. factually correct. But I think so. I guess what I mean then is what Tony's last one we really remember. I should I should amend yeah. the statement to say, yeah. and I think that that would be really exciting. I said this before, but I just think Carolyn's postseason. Ha, seems like it has the most runway. I mean, I want to watch every exit interview that Carolyn will do. Like, there's so much exciting to happen for Carolyn beyond Survivor. Um, put her on the traders, Put you know, send her to Get Mars. Like,
0: uh, interview celebrities on the right carpet. Like, become a correspondent for ET or something. Like, absolutely. It would be so, incredible. and that can
1: happen regardless of the win. But I think I'm in favor of the Carolyn win, and I do. I really would like to see Carolyn make fire and take that home, whether it be by her own volition or being sent there. But I feel like I would love to see like a, because we haven't really gotten a challenge win from Carolyn, I don't think, am I? Yeah, no individual, yeah. So I do think Carolyn, like, I think that would be a big moment for her to have that beat on Survivor. Good thing for her resume. Cause I think right now the big question is, no matter who wins, and I think this is an exciting case, but no matter who wins, It's neck and neck going into the finale, which I think is the best case scenario for Survivor. But it would be great to see like one move pulled out by Carolyn in the finale that really says that's her game winning moment. And for better, for worse, winning in the fire challenge is that moment.
0: Yeah. Or she could get the advantage on the new island. You know, there's always an advantage and a little puzzle. What do you think about the fact that they brought all of their supplies knowing that they're going to a new island?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's giving Carson 3D rendering the puzzles. It's like at some point, so now that we have this moment, I think the producers need to go back and say, okay, we're sunsetting the new island and we need to bring about a change so that players cannot predict the way that the game plays out. I think it's very simple. Like, I think this is just a turning point where they say, oh, but also like, I mean, I guess you couldn't in real time, me, who's obviously not a television producer, would watch them all packing up their bags and be like, we need to come up with like <laughs> yeah, let just Send them back, send them back
0: to their island. Like, we don't need to do it. Or just that's... be
1: like, you're sleeping at Tribal tonight. Like, blow out oh, all their torches be and be fun. like, you're staying here. Yeah. So I do think that's one element where it's both predictable if the players know about it, also the fans know about it. And so I would love to see, again, I go back to what I said at the outset about this 90 minute thing where it's like the, um, solving things that weren't problems. It's like, I would really love to see the show make more of an effort to say, these are the things that could use some tinkering, i.e. challenge design, i.e. predictable moments like this one. And instead, you know, I I, I don't know why I, I always take umbrage with this, but I just hate those shots of the slow-mo of them arriving to the challenges now. And that's an example of like, yeah. someone at some point had to say like, let's change up how we show them arriving to the challenge and make it like epic. And like, that's an example of like, that wasn't a problem. Like yeah. I had no issue with them arriving to the challenge. At no point was I saying, hmm, I think we need to change this, this faction of the game up. So I just think it's one of those moments of, I am cautiously optimistic to use your term, um, that that could be something that next season they say, we don't need that. Yeah. And
0: one of the problems with the slow mo shots is that they aren't being like planned. If if you're gonna do the slow mo epic shot, like choreograph it, choreograph the shit out of it, make it truly epic. Instead, it's just like Heidi half blinking and then like opening her eyes again. It's just it's not flattering for her. It's not enjoyable to watch, in my opinion. Uh, But yeah, with the bringing the stuff to camp, it's very like. You you've taken the thing. If the purpose of the new island was expect the unexpected, you now should realize that they're expecting the expected. And so, why are we doing this? Um, so, I I hope it's a turning point. But they seem to love that Carson three D printed the puzzles. So, I don't know.
1: Okay. I will just say though, like I think it's worth taking a moment to say, like <clears throat> this has been such a fun season to like podcast about. Like there are just so many. There's both what we're seeing and what we're not seeing, but the stuff we're not seeing, there's enough there to sort of like make the speculation around what we're not seeing interesting. So rather than be like, we're not seeing it and that's pissing me off, it's more like we're not seeing it and I wonder what we're not seeing versus they need to be showing us what they're not seeing. It's a sort of different um, framework of the conversation. And even like us talking right now, and like there's so many exciting variables going into this finale about how things could play out. And so while I will never be like totally willing to admit that the thing that I once loved no longer lives here, I do think that this is like a promising, this is definitely a different show than the one I, and perhaps you and perhaps you listening fell in love with. But I at least with forty four, it's like this is a different show, but it's one I can I can get into. Well, that's the
0: great thing. I mean, like that's with David versus Goliath. I thought, okay, well, wait, they, this they can, Survivor can be great again. Mm-hmm. Make Survivor great again, and and then the new era came around. And I was like, well, it's really never going to be great again, and yet they've done it. And there's a magical mix of like casting they uh, still think they did a little too many advantages but you know like sort of what they are how they work <clears throat> how often they are how frequent they are but the way that they just let the game play out more or less after the first couple of merge votes uh, has been really really enjoyable to watch and i hope that they're like seeing that feedback in the chatter online about that and i hope that they're responding to it by doing more of that which is less of um just anything that they're they were throwing into the game in 41 and 42 all right well we've got to wrap this up hey i'm in europe um i've got things to do so (laughs) but i will be here i'll be um we'll be podcasting from copenhagen next week for the finale with you
1: god john this trip is so fucking long
0: it's a long trip it's
1: like 17 days Um, Well, I have a little exclusive for Sean. So I will be in attendance at some big Survivor finale party next weekend. I am going to have my voice memo recorder, (gasps) aka my iPhone, with me. And so I will be getting some boots on the ground from whomever will talk to me, which... (laughs) Not to inflate my own ego, but I think it'll be quite a few people. Um, So I am looking forward to having some surprise guests of which Sean will not know, but I will have some exciting, I'm going to bring voice memos back to the pod um, with some exciting guests next week. Then right, right. we will be beginning, Sean, I'm taking over. Then we will be beginning our Survivor Panama recaps mm-hmm. over on Patreon. That was our, that one out for our most requested season to recap. I cannot wait to re-meet Siri. And also I think we're going to be doing a lot of thirsting for Aris, which I think Fake is time. necessary. Because I think a lot of people remember him more from his returning season, um, his dud of a returning season. And I want to go back and remember him. And Honestly. I'm gonna
0: dig up I'm gonna dig up the, the survivor history slash lore about I don't know if you've ever heard this, the brick of cocaine that washed up on the beach that Shane found.
1: I did not know that.
0: Oh, there's it was some like wrapped stories. up.
1: Yeah, like, oh from, God, a, like, like from a ship or something. I would
0: try it. I I think they did. Yeah. Uh, oh. <laughs> before a challenge or something so we'll talk about it. i'm going to find out the details and when
1: we'll talk about it we'll have to get someone from the show on to like do to. to recap with us um okay the emoji or should we just
0: Anything? stick with chelsea canon chelsea non-canon
1: yeah i feel like let's not complicate it yeah okay but just because <clears throat> you know we like consistency it's all caps and it's no no hyphens no commas it's all caps chelsea canon chelsea non-canon and just because it'll bother me for those that don't know we are saying canon c-a-n-o-n
0: yes canon is there a, a c-a-n
1: because wait is canon well do you think canon like
0: canon ball
1: yeah yeah can yeah so yeah, just yeah two ends. we're not talking about canon balls we are talking about canon chelsea canon chelsea non-canon
0: yeah okay love that wow thanks for doing the wrap up <laughs> uh, yeah and you can do that over at drop your buffs pod on instagram we're also on twitter at drop buffs pod you can find our patreon and merch info in the show notes below okay lovely to catch up with you evan thanks so much <laughs> really had me. a good time. And thank David. you all for listening okay bye bye